Hey y'all, welcome to the Long Haul Podcast. I'm your host, Laramie Wedemeyer. I'm so excited for us to discover the stories, decisions, and realities that people in the rodeo industry face. This podcast will unveil the business that rodeo really is for competitors, producers, and more. This episode will explore the hard work that goes into producing a rodeo and highlight the executive director and CEO behind the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo, Mr. Cody Davenport. Mr. Davenport has been serving as the executive director and CEO of the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo for four years now. It might seem unrelated, but we're going to find out how a choice to volunteer for a barbecue cook-off led to an executive director role and all that it encompasses to put on a rodeo as large as this one. I graduated from A&M in 98 with a degree in construction management. And in that process, I got hired by a general contractor here in San Antonio. So I ended up coming here. I was born out in Uvalde, so I'm very familiar with the area. But I came back here and in the process kind of wanted to get involved in our community and with the background uh, that I come from, I ended up volunteering down here at the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo. Growing up with an agriculture background in farming and ranching and making a move to the urban city of San Antonio for a job in construction management was quite a change after college. Wanting to find a way to tap back into agriculture and find those like-minded people, Mr. Davenport chose to volunteer for the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo. One thing led to another, and before he knew it, 28 years had passed, and a passion for the mission of the rodeo had arose. In the process, we uh, we ended up starting our barbecue cook-off here in San Antonio, me and a group of my buddies. And I'm proud to say that it's now one of the largest cook-offs in the entire country. And I also developed the um, ranch rodeo here for San Antonio. And somewhere along the line, they grabbed me up and asked me if I'd start doing management inside of the show. We have a volunteer structure on management. They started bringing me up under different levels of management. And I managed all layers through the show and woke up one day and I was on the executive committee and woke up another day and I was president and looked back and know how the hell it happened from just showing up here and not even knowing which gate to walk in. And suddenly I was the president of the show after, after many years, been out here about 28 years. He never had the personal experience of rodeoing and showing himself, but his kids did grow up in the show industry, and his experience was more on the production side of things, including business, finance, and team building. I've got a lot of business background from a young age, and I was able to parlay that into rodeo production, stock show production, business side of things. So I'd say it's my role here. Uh, it's more the financial side to make sure we build the right teams. We're successful financially, and I'm a producer. Being a producer means putting on a lot of different hats, though, and coming in each day with a plan, but being ready to adapt when things change. And producing something this large requires a lot of skill sets and the ability to keep a team together and provide them what they need when they need it. But I think the main thing is working with large groups and producing events, there always has to be some sort of goals or something to strive towards, and Mr. Davenport definitely had those in mind. One of our big goals was... When we took on the job here in San Antonio, uh, I wanted to get agriculture out into the urban environment. It's very easy to go to the rural environments. We already have that audience, if you will. Those are our people. Um, We operate inside of an urban environment. And I think in the world today, as it's moving, 
both politically and as we all move further and further away from the farm and the ranch by each generation, that it's becoming more and more critical that we don't just preach to the choir and don't work within our own circles, but that we go out and we make sure that the urban society understands our food chain, our natural resources, the importance of all those, and how they are connected to it, whether they realize it or not. And quite frankly, it's kind of a crusade. I feel like I'm protecting our industry by getting out there and showing them the importance of it. And then we always laugh about making rodeo cool again around here, uh, making it cool when they come down here and they're like, oh, wow, you know, that's not just a bunch of rednecks like we thought. They actually have some neat stuff going on down there. They're fun to be around. This is such a great perspective to have because the goal should be to introduce more people to rodeo and agriculture and sometimes it takes going out and meeting them where they're at and posing the question how do we draw in other people to the rodeo and other agriculture education opportunities that may be outside of the box. But thinking and coming up with all these things are great but sometimes implementing them is the hard part and the question is what goes into planning and creating an event this large? We do so much around here to stay uh, vibrant, active, and ahead of the game. We're proactive on everything. That our planning is absolutely 100% year-round. But when we end our rodeo, we take, I think, two days off. I allow everybody to go home and see their families, sleep in for two days, and then we come back and we start planning on day three. It takes a, a very, very specific type of personality to succeed in this environment here. Um, the full-time staff, you know, they're with me every single day when we do strategies and planning and we work as you'd expect a normal office to work. But they have to have the skill set not to turn around and tell people what to do, but they have to be able to turn around and motivate people to come in behind them because you're working with people that are walking with their homes and their families just to come down there and volunteer. They have no incentive to be paid. They're not going to lose their jobs. There's no threat you can hold over them besides motivating them to believe like you believe and get behind you. It takes a lot of volunteers to prepare for this and work during the roughly 20 days of the stock show and rodeo, but there are about 6,000 volunteers and 33 staff that make it happen, though. It is not for the faint of heart, whether it's in setting up the arena or working the gates and everything in between. But when it comes actual time for it all to kick off, everyone goes into overdrive like they're about to run a marathon for a month. <laughs> now when it starts, it accelerates. It's funny. You, can, you plan, you plan, you plan, you put it on paper, you lay all the, all the contacts out, get everything set. And then about mid-January, um, by that point, we are living on the grounds for the most part. And I'm out. I'm out at all hours of night, watching them set things up, checking on them seven days a week. You know, you're, you are building a city from ground up out here. So we live on the grounds uh, all the way, you know, full time throughout the entire production. So it's the implementation of the plan that starts in January. It's the actual physical putting it in place of everything that you've been dreaming of, everything you've been putting on paper. There are so many great rodeos in Texas, but Mr. Davenport would go as far as to compare their rodeo to that of the National Finals Rodeo. They use the same stock, have the top contestants or in a basketball arena like the NFR, and just put on a high-class rodeo. The only competitor I would even call out there as far as competitor quality uh, would be the NFR. I'm very lucky that I get to operate inside of a basketball arena. So you get the same type of feel as a Thomas and Mac. It has a very uh, tight, close, uh, personal 
production that we can put on inside of there with lots of bells and whistles. And um, we're making sure that that rodeo is at the top quality that we can put out there. But at the same time, we're concentrating those people in the stands and making sure that they're buying into our sport and we're growing rodeo fans. So we do a lot of fun things inside of it too. Unlike the NFR, we might have the same quality of contestants and stock that's going on inside of it, but we put parental things around it to keep it entertaining as well. So our urban audience, we can grow rodeo fans. I think we've been very successful with that. It's evident in our finals when our guys take a lap around the arena after winning an event and they're getting a standing ovation from everybody inside. They don't get that except in what I would call purest rodeo crowds. Well, you can put on a rodeo just for rodeo people, or you can put on a rodeo to entertain everybody. And if you can win them over when you're entertaining everybody that they're giving these guys a standing ovation, then I won. We're making rodeo fans out there. I know from my personal experience in competing at the San Antonio Youth Rodeo that the volunteers made things happen. They helped us wherever we needed it, provided accommodations, and ran each step of the process quickly and efficiently, which reflects on the staff. If they're treating us well and love their position, then they're being motivated and pushed to do their best and treat others the same way. I think it is even more important to say that those people that are coming to the rodeo for the first time are going to want to come back if they have a positive personal experience and were treated well. This provides the opportunities, though, for agriculture education and raising up the next generation. When we talk about agriculture education and youth in the state of Texas inside of our organization, I'm all behind it. And the best way possible that I can see out there to protect it is make sure that that next generation is coming up behind us. The exact same values, the same morals, the same beliefs, work ethics, all those things that made the Western lifestyle what it is. There are some things that Mr. Davenport wanted attendees and the youth to know, but I think the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo really speaks for itself in quality and level of excellence that it presents. I think for people that come here, I want them to, to recognize and know that we're the real deal inside of San Antonio. I think it's pretty evident when they get with us one-on-one and walk these halls and stuff like that. To the youth out there, you kind of asked what I would say to them. I, I hit on it earlier. I think you're crystal clear on your why. It makes it a hell of a lot easier to have success and you can focus on that and then try to surround yourself with people that are crystal clear as well if you're going to build a team. It has been so cool to get a small glimpse of what it entails to be a major rodeo producer. I know it takes an army just to produce a college rodeo here at Texas A&M, so this topic has definitely left me with a different perspective for the next time I go to the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo, or really any rodeo for that matter. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did and gained a new perspective and appreciation for rodeo producers. If you want to know all things rodeo, join me for the next episode on The Long Haul.